This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today, my guest is actor Daniel Day Kim, who you might know best from shows like Lost, Angel, and Hawaii Five-O. His latest project is the National Geographic show The Hot Zone, Anthrax, which follows the 2001 Anthrax scare that took place just after the 9-11 attacks. This interview was recorded at the beginning of November over the internet, so please forgive any audio weirdness. I hear you're into watches, and I'm wondering, what are you wearing right now? What's on your wrist right now? Believe it or not, nothing. I usually don't put on a watch unless I, you know, I'm out doing something. So, uh, yeah, this is, I'm, and, and truth be told, I'm in, I'm in a pair of shorts, too. So, you know, this is casual wear. But I do have a watch sitting right over there and, you know, uh, and a couple in my drawer. <laughs> I would say, what's your, what's your watch? What's your go-to right now? Uh, you know, uh, a watch that I really like at the moment is, uh, a silver, a Seiko silver Pogue. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's fairly rare. Uh, and, uh, I really love the kind of understated kind of quality of it. Uh, if you're familiar with a Pogue, it's, it's distinctive because it has a gold dial and, uh, it was the first Seiko in space. So it's, uh, it's got a, uh, it's pretty good, uh, provenance to it. Obviously, we're here to talk about the hot zone, anthrax, and um, just for people to get this set up, uh, how do you describe the show and who you play? Uh, the the show is called The Hot Zone Anthrax. Uh, it is the story of the investigation behind uh, a series of letters that were laced with anthrax and sent to prominent politicians and news anchors, um, as well as editors uh, back uh, in the weeks following 9-11. I play uh, Special Agent Matthew Riker, uh, a, a Korean-American adoptee who is also a, sci- a microbiologist who joins the FBI and is assigned as to be the lead investigator to find the, the people behind the attacks. Now, I know like in the trailers, and I got to see the first couple episodes, it's based or it says, I think, inspired by real events. Um, how much of it is inspired? And for example, is your character based on someone or uh, in particular? No, my character actually, well, the in- actual investigation involved hundreds of FBI agents and took place over the course of many years. And so, uh, you know, for the sake of consolidation, they 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 took uh, my character and made him an amalgamation of many of uh, many of the agents and the work that they they did. Now, the events and the actual course of the investigation is very factually based, but they consolidated uh, um, the work of many investigators into a couple. The teaser for the show gives you the most amazing trailer moment. There's a tight close-up of you. Uh, the camera's kind of pointed up, and in the foreground is a letter, and you open the letter, and you say, very dramatically, get out. 
Anthrax spores do not just die. They settle. They lie in wait. What we're talking about is a ticking time bomb. I saw it with my own eyes. Get out. I think what I was really impressed by, at least the first two episodes I saw, was the the way you guys format that and the way you've taken it. So it feels realistic, but it still feels more cinematic. And I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about the first time you read the script or you heard about the approach with this topic. I credit our uh, the, our director for episode one, Daniel Percival, um, who you may know from Man in the High Castle. But he created, I think, along with our, our cinematographer, a very cinematic look that is really rich and a lot of depth of field and I thought gave it um, uh, a sense of gravitas that, that was necessary for the show. Uh, so I'm, I, I give a lot of credit to them and, uh, uh, and you know, I think that's, that's crucial to any kind of a, a project like this. I realize we're coming up on the heels of the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and a lot of those documentaries, you would hear the mention of Anthrax. And I don't know, for me, I completely forgot about that, even though I remember uh, working at like a, a sh as a shipping person for like a production house <laughs> and was very aware of what was going on. But I'm curious, do you remember what you were doing when all this was going on? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, the, the morning the towers fell, I was in Los Angeles and I was about to go to work on an episode of a TV show called Charmed. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember being woken up by a, uh, a phone call from my brother saying, turn on your TV, you know? So I turned it on and that was a time when we were all watching, you know, one of three news channels. And, and so we were all getting the same news. It wasn't fed to us by an algorithm telling us, you know, who, who we should be listening to. Um, and, you know, we stopped work that day and that was the beginning of a, a, a period of, of many months where I think we as Americans were question were, were feeling fearful and vulnerable in a way we never had before because we'd never had attacks like this on our soil, uh, and so, you know, when the when when I started hearing about these letters that were being mailed, I remember actually seeing Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings and Dan Rather talking about these things, and I also remember not opening my mail for like a month, uh, you know, <laughs> and so. Uh, these were the way these these kind of events affected the way we live, uh, and you know, it, and I remember a couple of turns in the investigation, but I certainly don't remember all the details. And you know, it was through the course of doing research for this, I was like, oh my gosh, I did not know that happened. Or yeah, I remember hearing about that, but I didn't realize that was that was what was going on. You know, um, and I would say that as those of us who had not, who didn't know much about it were quietly sleeping peacefully in our beds. There was an army of people who were investigating day and night and uh, and and doing their best to protect us. And you mentioned uh, doing research. Is there something in particular that you found curious or really surprising that you didn't know? No, there was a lot that I didn't know. The amount of internal politics that that affected the way the investigation went was something of a surprise to me. You know. Uh, I, I think, you know, I like to believe that fact and truth went out, but, you know, there's always politics involved. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad our show didn't shy away from 
how that affected significant decisions from being made. Uh, so there's a scene in the first episode. Your character travels to Palm Beach, where there is a person named Bob Stevens fallen ill. You meet this woman from the Palm Beach Health Department, and she says that the CDC is testing everything at his home. But your character says they won't find anything. And I'm curious why that is. Oh, that's a, that's a really specific and good question. <laughs> um, you know, because I don't think he was contaminated, contaminated at home. Uh, I think Riker, Riker is suspecting that there was something coming from the workplace but that was job-based. Uh, and so uh, if, if that's the case, then it wouldn't be something that he would be finding, you know, in his kitchen drawer. Why have the show come out now? I know there's the 20th anniversary aspect, but what do you think the broader appeal or message is, especially since we're going through a global pandemic right now? Well, I think that that's kind of your answer right there. You know, I think once you watch the entire series, you're going to see some eerie parallels between what was going on back then to what's happening right now. Uh, and, you know, the common element is there's a catastrophic event that affects people uh, in a large scale. And the reaction to that event uh, reveals a lot about human nature. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. The Neighbor Podcast is I'm So Obsessed. Daniel, what are you currently obsessed with? I would say the thing I'm most looking forward to week to week is succession. Uh, and that's not an uncommon answer. I think <laughs> Uh, I, I think it's a great show, and as much as I hate, I find those people despicable. I love to watch them. <laughs> yeah, what what do you? I mean, obviously, I I feel the same way, but I'm curious. What is is the appeal that you get to watch these people? But you know, it's fiction, or is it just like there's this side of human nature? What is it? What's the appeal for you? Well, they're the kind of 180 to Ted Lasso, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Ted Lasso is all about finding the hope and the good in people. This is about how evil people can be to one another, how cold and callous uh, you can treat one another in the name of business, in the name of profit, in the name of greed, in the name of more, you know, to what end? Like, and I find myself asking myself the question, you know, these people have more money than they know what to do with, even if they all retired right now, and yet they continue to fight over power and money. And, you know, it's it's an interesting companion piece to stories like Squid Game and Parasite because they all deal with similar themes really about the way our society is going. And there's a reason why I think all of those stories are resonating in their own ways. And I have to say, go, connecting it a little bit back to uh, the hot zone anthrax, I think that's something else is the way fear was um, is used as a tool, but also as a way of uh, having status and I think you see that in secession and I, I just finally watched the squid game and I kind of feel the same about that too it is right I mean like what does it say I mean, there's yeah I, I don't know what it is what does it says about us that we are enjoying watching people be savage to one another <laughs> you know whether it's in the form of a suit and tie or whether it's life or desk games of you know 
uh, red light, green light. Well, and, and speaking of being savage to each other, uh, a show many of us, be, uh, well, I became a fan of as well as many people was Lost. That wrapped 11 years ago. When you think back on that series through today's lens and what's going on in society, what goes through your mind? I think of Lost as uh, something that could be on the air today and still be equally as popular, equally as relevant. You know, um, I think uh, it's actually interesting because when I was first doing interviews with the, for Lost, you know, we were talking about why we think it resonates resonated with people at the time, and I used 9/11 as an analog because. It was a catastrophic event that we were trying to figure out and 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 reconcile. And and the central question was, can we all get along? And and that's that's still a question that's that's relevant today. Well, uh, we'd like to wrap up on our show. We do a thing called Pick One. I give you a couple. Uh, things you can select and you pick one. It doesn't mean the thing that you pick is better than the thing you don't pick, but let's play pick one. Great. All right, so the first one I have is Legend of Korra or Raya and the Last Dragon. Raya and the Last Dragon. You know, if you would have said Avatar, it would have been different, uh, but uh, only because I'm prepping for Avatar, but I love the message of Raya and the Last Dragon. You know, talking about hope and, and harmony and, and unity, um, you know, it's, you know, in the same way that Ted Lasso was the antidote for succession, Raya is kind of, uh, you know, it falls in the Ted Lasso camp, and uh, I'm about that. Okay, so next one I have is etc. etc. or etc. Pick one. <laughs> All right, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> okay, but this is more of a question, to be honest. So you played the King of Siam and the King and I, and I'm curious if there is a role in theater that you've always wanted to play, and maybe you still hope that you'll be able to play it one day. Henry V. Oh, yes, absolutely. I could see you as Henry V. Oh, my uh, goodness. A lot of young actors uh, dream of playing Ham Hamlet. I never, I, I always dreamed of playing Henry V um, for reasons that you might find obvious given my body of work and the things that I tend to uh, advocate. But also, I mean, Talk about speech. I mean, Hamlet has a couple of good speeches, but, uh, yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, one or two, one or two. Uh, <laughs> Henry V definitely has has some excellent speeches in that. Oh my goodness. Okay, here's another one. Is uh, pick one: a Rolex GMT Master 1675 or a Grand Seiko First? 1675, especially if it's uh, you know root beer, root beer bezel, and root beer dial. I think that's. Uh, an incredible piece and you know we would love to have one you know i don't have a podcast about watches but if i did i feel like we could fill a good hour <laughs> hey it sounds like you know something or a thing or two about watches uh, one or know. two things i kind of gotten into it a little late okay here's my my last uh last pick one for you unsolved mysteries beverly hills 90210 or walker texas ranger pick one beverly hills 90210 you know, Beverly Hills 90210 was a show that I would watch once in a while. And and like when I was a kid, like people around me were going nuts for that show. So uh, to be on it was was kind of a thrill. It's kind of like when I was on Seinfeld, like I'd watched every episode up until that point. And so to be at, to, to get a role on the show was kind of one of those dream come, dreams come true. Best best wishes with the show. I'm so excited to see the rest, the rest of the series. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks a lot. 
I want to thank Daniel for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. The Hot Zone Anthrax premieres November 28th on National Geographic and streams on Hulu. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Daniel Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell, and this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care.